We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're going to do something a little different today. We're talking about retirement. I know, I know, retirement is generally a boring topic, but not today. Because we're going to look at retirement in a, a totally different way. We're going to talk about buying time. Can, can you even do that? Buying time. Reassessing your social circles, including your relationship with your spouse. Looking at your life goals. Taking the long approach when you're planning retirement. So we're going to talk about how to retire successfully. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, so joining us with this completely new look at retirement, Tony Ogorik, founder of Ogorik Wealth Management out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, his website, and you got to check this out, agoric.com that's o-g-o-r-e-k.com and as i mentioned uh tony's uh founder of agoric wealth management out of buffalo beautiful warm buffalo uh for at least this time of year how you doing tony kind of warm there in buffalo today huh well i'll tell you i do not want to hear about the 13 seconds if we can just right well you know being uh i i spent a lot junior high years in the Rochester, New York area, a lifetime Buffalo Bills fan. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one, and uh, it, is a, it is a it is a heartbreak. I tell you, um, it's just uh, it's remarkable. You know, I have to tell you, you know, when Babe Ruth uh, left the uh, Boston Red Sox and went to play for the Yankees, uh, something happened. It was known as the Curse of the Bambino. You know, they just couldn't win. And then all of a sudden they started to, um, you know, they started to do well. Well, I think it's sort of a similar thing here. We have the curse. of I don't know if it's a Bambino or something, but, boy, they get awfully close. And, and Josh Allen played the game of his, uh, of his life. Interestingly, the week before he played really what was considered to be the perfect game. He had a, a quarterback rating of 158 out of, out of 160. And, uh, you know, there were no punts. The first five possessions were all touchdowns. It was a remarkable performance. And he really went toe-to-toe with Mahomes in the, in the divisional game. Absolutely. And, you know, it was just uh, people, I guess, were leaving the stadium <laughs> thinking it's all over. And uh, we have to say uh, not the case. I just have one other thing along that line. Uh, years ago, I was at a... Um, uh, I was at a meeting in in, uh, in town here at one of the colleges, 
And the president had uh, Dan Rather, who was a, a news anchor for CBS. He was a friend of his, and he came in and was talking. And it was just the time when the Bills played uh, played Houston, and it was known as the uh, the greatest comeback ever. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so what Dan Rather says is, he says, I just knew as I was listening to that game that if there's, if there's just one team <laughs> that can lose with a deficit that big, it had to be Houston, and, uh, and he was proven right. So, uh, you know, sports are a great, you know, sense of entertainment, gets our mind off the weather, and, uh, uh, you know, it's been really a heck of those divisional games, uh, you know, were really quite, uh, quite something to watch this year. Yeah, and, and, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> Buffalo had a really, really uh, uh, tough time uh, – in the in the nineties, uh, I just remember having my uh, <laughs> my heart broken every yeah. back then. You know, they played the Super Bowl in January uh, every January year after year, and it actually got worse <laughs> each time. I think the margin got it seemed to get worse each time. So, uh, I, th- though though all that being said, I think the arrows are pointing up for Buffalo. You know, you got a young quarterback who. Uh, is impressive and uh yeah and you have a decent defense too so you know good things there i one other little buffalo note and i just you know since you know you're from buffalo and have they done anything with that buff old buffalo terminal that was always a beautiful building when we would you know rochester we'd go to buffalo occasionally downtown that was a beautiful building i've heard for years they were going to potentially turn that into a yeah, that 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 yeah. terminal, the old train station downtown. Yeah. I mean, I know it's completely off topic here, but since I have you on the line, uh, uh, have they done yeah, anything with that? Well, I'll tell you. You know, it is it is iconic, and um, you know they have a group that has has stabilized it, and I think they may be looking for some infrastructure funding uh, for it. You know, one of the guys who he has his eye on it is Doug Jamal, and he's a, a big developer out of D.C. And he's just blown into town, and he's been buying things left and right, uh, just just like taking the town by storm with a lot of, um, you know, historic development projects that he's been working on. And, you know, I, I have to say, Andy, you know, you hear the term the real deal, and sometimes it's overused, but I got to say this guy really is the, uh, is the real deal. So, uh, you know, he has his eye on that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, if he doesn't do something with it because it's got tremendous potential, as does, you know, just a whole lot of the architecture, which really is just so much historic stuff around town. It is very cool. It's, it's sort of an exciting time right now. Yeah, it, B- Buffalo is a hidden gem, in my opinion. A lot of really cool stuff. It's located, and it's really nice to be able to do those weekends in Canada and, um, yeah. you know, the, the lakes. and the yeah, the skiing is off the hook, and um, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Buffalo. So uh, you know, one of was one of the largest American cities, uh, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, and and so anything. Uh, glad yeah, to go. Ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, at the turn of the century, you know, the prior century in the, in the 1900s, it was the fastest city growing, uh, grown in, uh, fastest growing city in America. You know, which is you know on a comparable basis. I guess, you know, maybe 10 years ago would be compared with Las Vegas, you know, where people are just, uh, you know, you know, coming in all the time. Or, or right now, I would imagine it's probably like uh, Austin, something like that, um, you know, but it was sort of a, uh, a big deal back then. And 
you had a lot of a lot of money coming in, which means they could buy the finest architects, designers, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, you know, the Olmstead, um, you know, he designed the city. Uh, he did, uh, I think, a lot of other very famous cities, very famous uh, landscape architects. So, you know, the bones are great. And um, I think we just have to try and get the uh, tax rates down in New York. And, uh, you know, as sort of another interesting show, one of the, you know, interesting questions will be, uh, what role should government play in incentivizing uh, investments in their communities? That is uh, something that uh, is is a top of mind for a lot of folks, too. And then the one other thing, you know, I know we've been going on about Buffalo. The area actually has a lot of uh, really good wineries, too, by the way, that part of New York. You know, I guess in Canada, they have have a a microclimate off of Lake Ontario, uh, and they're growing varieties of things that don't necessarily grow everywhere. Ice wine is key there. Their ice wine is off the hook. Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you what, in, in France, they're having a lot of problems right now with climate change because... Um, you know, the, the, the temperatures are changing and many of the varieties that they grow historically that have done well are starting not to be as, uh, as attractive. So it's really interesting with climate change, uh, how that's become, you know, a significant um, uh, wine region. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff for the area. So as we turn our attention to retirement, Tony, a lot of... Um Younger people listen to the podcast. We talk a lot about meme stocks and, uh, you know, the sexy beta stock names and crypto and NFTs and all that good stuff. But uh, with with everyone, the end result is, you know, the goal at the end is is retiring successfully. And, you know, I popped on your website again, Agoric dot com o-g-o-r-e-k dot com and right at the top it says we help people retire successfully it starts with a purposeful life i love that it's retirement's more than just money um retiring too early can be a pitfall i've talked to a lot of people about that um you know, want making running out of money. Obviously, you don't want to have that happen to you. But it is more than just money. And I want to just pick up the conversation with with right at the top of your website. We help people retire successfully. It starts with a purposeful life. Explain that uh, as we get the convo started here, uh, Tony. All right, and you know, Andy. Before I get into that, I just want to say that you know there are people in life that you can learn things from other people, not so much, but there are, and I'm just going to throw out, you know, some names, uh, to you and, um, you know, Ray Dalio, you're familiar with Ray. Oh yeah, of course. Right. Right. Big name hedge fund manager. Um, you look at, uh, Charlie Munger, probably one of the smartest guys. Warren Buffett connection. Right. And you've got Warren Buffett. Um, You've got a guy, uh, Tom Brady, just retired. He just announced his retirement today. The interesting thing that they all have in common is that they tend to have, I haven't met God, but I think if I did, they probably have more money than God. And yet they continue doing what they do. And the reason, and and so if you look to the classical definition of retirement, which is just having enough money uh, to be able to sit around and do whatever you want, 
these people are pointing us in a different direction, and they're saying it's about more than money. You know, it's about living a life that's full of purpose. And, you know, as Buffett says, if you find a job that you love, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I think that's the challenge uh, everyone has. You know, the, the retirement industry has sort of sold us, a, you know, a false choice or, a, you know, a, a bill of goods. And, you know, what they're doing is saying that um, if you just get enough money to, to retire by buying our annuity or our mutual fund or whatever the case is, you'll be able to have every day on the beach with a young woman You'll be able to. Uh, you, you see the commercials, all all those right? promises, and you know. Here, it's funny you mentioned that. I talked to a lot of people who get there, and about a month on the beach, they're done. <laughs> they're they're yes, bored yes. and they can't stand it. Yeah, so go ahead. And they got some song in their head from Peggy Lee. Remember? Yeah, is exactly. That, is that all there is? Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 but you know, that's you, you're picking up on a really important point. And, Tom Brady's a great example, uh, you know, top of mind today, retiring. But, um, you know, and, and people have even asked me about my job, and I always tell them, I don't consider my, I, I don't have a job. Uh, working at WBBM and hanging out and talking to people like yourself and producing radio sh- shows and uh, just hanging out with some of the coolest people you'd ever know and having access to just a ton of great people my job is a lifestyle, and I mean, it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's, I don't even consider it a job, and I, I think if a lot of people could get feel that at work just to begin with, mm-hmm. you'll never want to retire. I don't really care how much money I make. I mean, obviously, I get to make some money to, to pay the bills, but wage isn't what I'm looking for. It's the experience yeah. that, you know, my job gives me the the ability to speak to people like yourself and others that I can pick their brains. Uh, just being able to talk about things that, that you know, we like to talk about. And, and I, I guess, you know, Tom Brady obviously did that. And, and, and he, you know, he's just pulling away from a job that people... You know, it's a it's a young man's game. Um, and I, I think for a lot of people, just getting into that mindset when you have a job is just a game changer in itself. So kind of pick up off of that. You're kind, yeah. kind of going there. I got to tell you, my Uncle Dick would, did not go to school uh, to study philosophy. He was a union painter. And uh, my dad was a union carpenter. So my Uncle Dick, uh, he'd come out with these things every so often that were stunningly insightful. And so once, you know, I was asking, because, <laughs> uh, you know, do you want to be a painter? And uh, I said, well, you know, I, I think I'd take a pass on that. I didn't think I was going to go into in the financial end of things. But I said, let me ask you. I said, uh, you know, do you like your job? And he says, well, not particularly, he says, but isn't that why they call it a job? <laughs> right. <laughs> So the interesting thing is there are, you know, when you are are, are, um, saving money and you are in the accumulation phase, you know, the idea is that um, um, you want to be able to buy time, okay? Because that's what you buy. When you don't have to work, you don't have that job, you bought yourself time. Now, think about it for a minute. You look at the industry and the whole industry, all the commercials, everything is geared toward accumulation. 
And if you can just make a little more, or if you come with us, we'll make a little more. The whole goal is to make enough, right? So that you can then flush your job. So all your planning time is spent on getting money, which by the way, happens to be tangible. Right. Zero time is spent on what you just bought, which may be 8,000 days of nothing to do. Interesting. And, and so, the you know, it's like nobody makes money selling apples on TV. Uh, you know, Subway, you, you can make money selling that. Doritos, everything else. You can't make money selling apples because there's no money in it. So there's no money in the industry talking to you about your time and, and, and how to live a purposeful life, not to be bored, not to be lonely, not to be depressed. It's just if you can get enough money, you'll have a great life. And, and if you're not, it's because you don't know how to spend it. And it's just really a false narrative that's given to people. So when we talk about people retiring young or wanting to retire early, you know, the, the first question has to be why? Why do you want to do that? And if it's because your job isn't great, you're not getting satisfaction, fulfillment, well, maybe if you fix that, you'd feel differently about it. Now, interestingly, we get, you know, some people who are, who are business people, you know, they're execs and, and, and they run the business. And they come in and they tell us, you know, uh, I just can't wait till I get out because it's just, it's getting to be too much. These millennials, and I tell them, look, let me ask you something. What if we could reconfigure your job duties so that you just were working on stuff that you love to do, and then you were able to offload things you didn't find fulfilling to other people in your business? If we could do that, would that change your attitude toward retirement? And invariably, what the, you know, that's been a life-changing discussion for many of these people because they said, I'm having so much fun doing what I'm doing. Why would I want to stop? The other thing is, even the way you, and you're kind of picking up on that, even restructuring your, your retirement doesn't necessarily mean a full walk away from what you're doing. You might even just lighten up all the stuff you didn't like to do before and keep right. doing that, right? Yeah, I mean, for myself, I work three days a week. Obviously, I'm available with, you know, email, text, Slack, whatever it is, you know, for the, for the other days. Um, but it gives me the opportunity to think. It gives me the opportunity to spend time on things I haven't had an opportunity to spend time on. But it also allows me the opportunity to stay plugged into something um, that I very much enjoy and gives me the opportunity to interact with people who I really enjoy, um, you know, working with and, and working for. So I think uh, what a lot of people need to understand is that we've been sold an industrial model of what retirement is. And, you know, we've, over our life, we've been part of the revolution, but we really haven't noticed it. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, there was no such concept as, quote, unquote, the knowledge worker, right? Right. I mean, everyone was working, they were doing physical kinds of things. And just as, as you look at the economy, you know, in the 1970s, um, you know, when we had the oil shocks, our economy was very highly dependent on, on um, petroleum products, just in a, a host, host of processes. Today, we're not nearly as dependent as we were, you know, so it's different. And when a lot of the retirement plans were put together, you know, people had pensions 
and they had a magic formula. And it said, we're going to take your age plus years of service, and you're going to get to the magic number. Now, as soon as you get to that number, you can leave, and we're going to give you an income that you can live on for life. And the unfortunate part of it is if you didn't like what you were doing, but you were committed to it, you know, you ended up having to trade, you know, dollars for days of your life, even though you didn't like it, because that was the only way you were going to be able to get that income at some point down the road. Certainly not buying, certainly not buying time (laughs) by any means. No, no. And you know what the crazy thing is? Crazy thing is this, is as your time, you know, is diminishing, right? Because you don't have as much left on the planet. Right. What they're trying to do is to buy that extra one, two, or three years, throwing more money at you. And maybe you don't need the money, but you really need the time. But if you don't have someone to talk about to break out of the 30 or 40 years of accumulation, you just keep doing what you always did. And, you know, maybe that's not a great thing because as one of my radiology clients told me, he says, you know, you're just a scan away from disaster. Hey, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back and talk to Tony about getting our mindset where it needs to be, when it is a good time to retire, um, you know, how to buy time and how to to maximize that time that you have left on the planet. Isn't that what it's really about versus just accumulating cash, it's time. So real quick, I'm going to do a couple plugs here. As always, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. Subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are going to be right back with Tony Agoric talking retirement right after this break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, back with Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management. Got to check out the website, agoric.com. That's O-G-O-R-E-K.com. Um, so as we're coming back from the break here, Tony, wanted to talk, you know, we kind of talked about buying time and breaking away from the, you know, that long-time retirement mindset Uh and, and as I mentioned, and you say it on your website, well, you know, you help people retire successfully. It starts with a purposeful life. So um, for when folks come to you 
and they start looking at retiring uh, and and you kind of bring a different approach. Uh, what mm-hmm. kind? What what do you initially address? Let's let's talk about getting that mindset and what people need to know. Well, I think there are a couple of things that we look at. You know, the first is, uh, are you able to, you know, financially sustain your lifestyle, uh, the lifestyle that you've you've chosen, you're going to be choosing in retirement. And the second is, you know, are you emotionally ready? To retire, because for many people, Andy, their their um, their work is their life, and their work is their 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 social circle. Uh, their 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 job is their reason for getting up in the morning. It's it's their identity. And and you know, and, I just want to pick it, throw in one thing there. That's sure. why after retirement, or when people retire, that first year after retirement. It is considered for a lot of people a very dangerous year for folks. A lot of people without, you know, sometimes feel lost. And uh, you hear about people dropping dead after retiring because they just feel like they're done with their lives. So kind of pick up off that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's why, you know, we don't want someone coming in saying, uh, uh, I got to make a decision in, uh, in a month. Uh, you know, we need time to work with them. Uh, So first, you know, if someone's very, you know, intensive, and maybe a physician or someone like that who just spends their whole life is doing, you know, medicine, what we try to do is to create space in their life for other interests to be able to percolate up. And if you don't create that space, you're never going to have the opportunity to explore other things. Now, we also know that 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 in terms of uh, aging successfully. Um, social networks are, are critical uh, to people doing that. And you not only need to be able to maintain your social network, but you have to have a strategy to be able to expand it. And, you know, a lot of times, again, people may, you know, may fill their time um, with, they may be saying, well, you know, what I can do is uh, I'll do some sweat equity. I will watch grandkids for five days a week. Well, you know, what does it indicate? Maybe you didn't have anything else to do with your time, so you defaulted to that. Or sometimes, you know, they've got the, the golf game of desperation where they're playing with the same people four or five days a week. Why? Because they don't have anything else to do. Uh, I, you know, I'm at a, a golf club here, uh, and, you know, I've uh, uh, talked to some of these guys, and like, like the older guys, and I'm wondering, like, why are you going out at 6.30 or 7.00? in the morning, you know, it's awfully early. And you know, what they tell me is they wake up at five 30, they don't have anything else to do. So the first ones on the course, that's what they do because there is nothing else to be able to do. And, you know, my house is on the golf course so I can see people. I can just tell by the day of the week, who's out doing what's what, because like clockwork. And, you know, again, um, People oftentimes need to be coached. Let's look at this. Does Josh Allen have a quarterback coach? Yeah. Does every NFL player, uh, every NFL quarterback have a coach? Why? Do they not know how to throw football? Of course not. How about baseball? Big hitters, right? You all have batting coaches, right? Pitching? Pitching coaches. Why do they have coaches? Don't they know what they're doing? I mean, we're paying them a fortune. Why do they need coaches? And the answer is, that anyone 
who wants to fulfill their potential and to work at a very high level of execution needs to have what I call the talking mirror. Someone who can work with them, see what they can see, and help them to you know, achieve whatever their potential may be. Now, it's the same thing with retirement. If you want an outrageous retirement and you want to be able to you know, get everything you can out of it, out of the time you've got left, you need to be able to work with a coach in some sort of a coaching capacity to get you to challenge some of your ideas, to expand your horizons, and to see what you may not be seeing. I mean, one of the things we do, you know, is uh, encourage people to spend money. Uh, one of the tragedies, and this is for people who may be widows or widowers or single people, is they've got all the money in the world and they would love to travel and do other kinds of things, but guess what? They don't have anyone to do it with. Oh, yeah. Which is why those social circles are so important because it really helps us give meaning to our lives. It seems like when, when people are, so it seems like you're taking a, a longer approach, uh, maybe initially a couple of years before retiring, saying, hey, what are you going to do? Maybe helping them find and carve uh, time to uh, explore some of these other areas as they're making a transition. And it seems to me that you're also probably leading them to make almost a bit of a trial run as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll look. Our demo is probably age 50 to 70, all right? And um, oftentimes we hear people, and this is something that's really sort of destructive in their life, is what I call the number, okay? It's right. like they got a number in their head. It's either a net worth number, a uh, number more years they have to work, number more years their kid's going to be in college, whatever it is, but they got a number. And I can just tell you as an advisor, as a professional investor, numbers are meaningless unless they're placed in a context, right? You know, P.E. ratios are meaningless if you're not looking at the interest rate environment they're in, right? Right, right. I mean, you can have right low interest rate environments, can tolerate higher P.E.s and vice versa. Well, you know, what happens is they come in and they say, well, I think I have to, you know, work X, Y, Z. Why? Why? Why do you do that? You Now, if they love what they're doing, I got it. That's great. But if they don't necessarily love it or it's stressful or whatever the case is, you know, the question is why? Well, because I think I need to. Why do you think you need to do that? Well, if we give you a financial plan and the plan says that you're good to go right now, if you wish to do that, you don't have the the thing to lay on, you know, which is, well, I got the kid in college. I got, uh, I want to do five more years. Really what that's saying oftentimes is, I don't know what I would do. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, right? And so when we talk about the decision, when's the right time to retire? Oftentimes it's like as a professional investor, you know, we tend not to make a trade, unless we feel we've got a better idea. You follow what I mean? Right, right. You know, we're not selling just because we want to sell, It's a, or we've made X, Y, Z. Do I have a better idea that has more potential, okay? And until we can get them to the point where they're saying, I'm ready to go because, you know, I've got a plan for how I'm going to be spending my time and what I'm going to be doing, that's, that's, that's really where we want to get them. And having that plan lets them know whether it just removes a barrier. It, effectively, what it does, Andy, is it gives them permission. They don't ask for it, 
But oftentimes it's, do I have permission to spend this? Do I have permission to leave? Um, do I have permission to try something new, to try something different? And, you know, my friend, at the end of the day, it's not going to be the things that you tried that you failed at that you'll regret. It's the things that you never tried. And, and none of us want to be in a position where we say, boy, I wish I took advantage of that opportunity because none of us know how much time we've got. I mean, that's, that's sort of the essence of life. That's what gives everything meaning is the fact that it could end at any time. And, you know, our job is to try and get as much of it as we can and hopefully pass some things on, you know, for a better world uh, before we must, uh, uh, we must make our exit. And that's really what successful, you know, retirement planning is about. It's just living a life with purpose. Uh, doesn't mean you have to be knocking down a fortune. Doesn't mean you need to be in a $4 million house in Florida. I mean, if you do, that's great. And you should invite me over because I'd be a great guest. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, we're just looking. Everyone needs to find that, that, that purpose and, and meaning in life. And it's an individual decision. You can't get it off a website's calculator. And, 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 you know, that's those financial sites. They always, hey, you know, you got a retirement calculator and that's that. And I like that. So, I mean, it's more about how do you how are you going to spend your retirement? And, you know, as you mentioned, e- even if it has to and y- you don't have to live quite as high in the hog, buying time might be a better deal in the long run with even though you might have less stuff. And then, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, it's time is money and it's 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 more valuable in, than money. And then, you it know, is. and I guess the other one thing that you, you know, because I always hear the, the standard advice. And then the other thing is, I think that social circle thing that you were talking about, uh, expanding that social circle, making sure you have, uh, you know, folks to do things with and, 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 and solidifying that uh, social circle before you, you pull the plug on... Uh, on a career is a good idea. How, how right. go ahead. I'm sorry. And don't forget, you may be, re, you know, you may be retired for, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, which means you've got to continue to expand that circle, you know, that, that, that circle of friends and acquaintances. Um, speaking of that, one, you know, the, the one point you made about, you know, uh, uh, trading your time for money. Yeah. When I was in a music school and I had a, a theory counterpoint teacher and uh, this guy was, I think he was anxious to get out. And he, he gave me a phrase once that he told me, and I, I never thought of it that way, but here's what he said. He said, you know, right now I'm spending the best hours of the best days of the best years of my life doing this. Is this really what I want to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Right? Oh, oh, that is that's good, and that that really kind of sheds light on uh, on the whole concept. Yeah, yeah, and it, we're all doing that. You know, we're all trading, we're all trading time for money, and you know, with the great resignation that we've seen going on, I think a lot of people are saying, I don't know that that trade's working for me anymore. And, and I, you, we've seen that realization. I think now during the pandemic, more than ever. And you're probably seeing it, you know, these folks walking through your office as well. Well, that's it. And, you know, one other, other interesting thing is, you know, the labor participation rate, which is the number of, uh, 
you know, of adults who are actually in the workforce has, has gone down. And I think it's cost us, I don't know, something like three and a half or four, four million jobs. And the bottom line is there are people, you know, who have, are maybe close to retirement, um, and, you know, who are saying, you know, either because of the risk of my job, because of the fact that I've had relatives who may have died or gotten ill, or maybe I got ill or I got a scare, whatever the case may be, uh, is that maybe time is worth more than money. And, and you know, just grasping for more lifestyle um, may not be as satisfactory as, as my time. Many of the women, you know, in this country, we really don't have, uh, you know, subsidized uh, uh, daycare for kids, right, things right. like that. And juggling jobs and all that, maybe saying, you know what, after I'm shelling out like maybe two grand a month for, you know, for childcare on things, after taxes and everything else, I don't know, maybe I'm better off like being at home or doing some hybrid kind of thing rather than going in and going to work. And so, uh, you know, we talk about this balance between vocation and vacation, you know, in retirement. We know that you know, all vacation is a false premise that's being sold to people. And I think, you know, with this great resignation, these aren't necessarily people who are of quote unquote retirement age, but I do think they're again, looking at that calculus between trading dollars for days and they're making adjustments. And all of a sudden employers are saying, what's going on? What do you mean? You're thinking about something other than money. Right. Uh, they, they, you know, if they've, everybody stepped away from that, the, the old school way of uh, or as, as, as old school thought surrounding retirement. And, uh, I, you know, and I think that's I think a lot of people uh, it's fair to say the pandemic has, I think, opened a, a ton of eyes uh, regarding this. And uh, it's kind of refreshing because I think that in a way this is a wake up call and you know, going 10, 20 years down the road, people may be living more rewarding lives because the pandemic took place. Right. You know, it's the, you know, it's sort of the pause, you know, and again, I don't mean to diminish anyone who's had troubles with it, but it's sort of like the, the pause that refreshes. It was a forced shutdown, a forced stand down. And people had the opportunity to say, wow, how much of my life Am I spending in a four-wheeled parking lot, which is the highway? Right, right. You know, am I spending, let's see, two hours a day? How many weeks a year does that come to that I'm doing nothing useful? And if I can be doing my work at home or in a hybrid fashion, wow. You know, and this is a really interesting thing. And this is a great insight for people who are considering retirement. But, you know, when you look at the the great resignation and and the way people now are working, they've become very, very protective of their time. And they've said, boy, the time I saved having to go to the store and I can have the guy just deliver it at the house, right? The time I saved having to drive to an office or some other location for something and I can do other things with it, I really like the other things I can do with it and I'm not willing to give that time up because it's some, it gives me the autonomy, it gives me a sense of control. And I think that's very liberating for people. And many of them are saying, you know, if it's all about money and you can beat on me anyway, it's, well, you can keep the money. I'll find some other way to make a buck, but I really value my time. And I think when people consider looking at retirement, 
it's really I'm looking potentially if you're at age 65 and you look at your, you know, your, your mortality tables, you may have 8,000 days, 8,000 days. You're going to be doing something. And what's your plan for that? It can't just be, you know, being entertained your whole life or <laughs> being the idle rich because it really, really, really does get dull. And, uh, you know, I've seen people who were really, and I'm sure you have too, that really, you know, great business people loved what they did. And then someone thought the great idea would be for them just to stop and retire. And, you know, their life really just doesn't have the, the meaning it had before because they haven't replaced it with some other purpose. And and that loss, I think, sometimes leads to, you know, not being happy and then can lead to other physical ailments because you, you're just yeah. lacking purpose. Um, as we're yeah. wrapping up, Tony, as we're wrapping up the Gaines podcast today uh, and we're taking our, you know, I'll have you take some parting shots here as far as what's some actionable things or, or just message you want to get across to people who are, are, are now thinking about retirement in maybe a different way. All right. If they're thinking of, of retirement in a different way, I think, you know, the, the financial aspect is maybe 50 percent. And then okay. they have to look at the time component as being the other 50 percent. And they really have to make an effort uh, to also define what their relationships, if they're married, what their relationships or partners, whatever it is, is, is going to be like. Do you really need to be joined at the hip? I mean, oftentimes people have separate lives and they like to do that. And they also like to do some things together. So if you think, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll just glom onto you and do whatever you're doing, that may not work out very well. Yeah, I, I, think I, it's all, I, I mean, I, yeah. well, that's a great point. Taking stock of personal uh, relationships. I've heard of retiring, uh, people retiring and then, you know, the spouse, one of the spouses going like, I'm sick of this guy or I'm, or I'm sick of her. She just won't leave me. Alone. We had we had really, you know, we got along fine and we had great lives. And but now it's just I can't get rid of them. Go play golf or something. And maybe that's why those people are out on the golf course at six, six thirty in the morning, seven in the morning during the week, because they, their wife's just like wife or husband's just like, get out of here. So I guess taking stock of your current relations relationship and you know uh, how you spend your time with your spouse or significant other one is a key component to all of this yeah now second is you know you people tend to be conditioned and they're, they're creatures of habit and if you've been saving uh, or investing for let's say 30 or 40 years um, and you've been sort of thrifty on things well you know you've probably done okay but now it's time perhaps to be loosening up and spending more. But if you haven't had experience spending money and, and splurging and doing some things during your accumulation period, you may find it exceedingly difficult to do that now that you're retired. Great. So, uh, that's a great point, too, because I, I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to personal finance, uh, you know, people, money managers and personal finance experts who they say all the time, I talk to people all the time about clients literally dying with an insane amount of money and they're in some crappy little house and haven't spent, haven't gone anywhere, but they're millionaires. And it's like, wait, you just save this for what? So your kids can go blow it? 
I mean, I, are your rel- or your relatives go blow it? I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny, and and that kind of speaks to the other part is you know we're so conditioned to save, 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 and 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 be thrifty, and and, and you've accumulated this wealth. It's really a shame not to spend it. Well, it is, and but but you know again, one of the things we're working with people if they're in their fifties or their you know their early sixties, you know we are encouraging them. Uh, to be spending some of that money rather than just socking it away because if they don't develop habits where they can, you know, use put money in this proper perspective, it's going to be that much harder down the road for them to, you know, to be able to do that. Uh, and it's the same thing with their time. So if we've got somebody who's really plugged in, is a workaholic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, we're going to start with, I want you to take an afternoon a week off. And I just want you to try it and to see what you're doing with that. And then maybe at some point, it's a couple of afternoons a week off. Then maybe it ends up being a day a week off. We're in contact with them, how that's working. What are you finding? Where are you having uh, frustrations? How can we help you with that? So, you know, it's a gradual process, you know, doing something, uh, you know, doing something of that nature. Now, also, they may decide, well, I'm going to relocate next to my kids. What they oftentimes don't realize is, you know, their kids, they have a life. And if you maybe maybe their happy, kids don't want them to relocate next Well, there's door. that, too, I don't want to say. Yeah. But, you know, there's not a polite way to say, uh, we don't want you to come down. I mean, I, I don't know. How do you say that? But, you know, that, that, that gets to be uh, an issue for people, too. But, you know, these, these you know, the, the, the time element is, is, is crucial people tend not to think of it because it's not tangible. It's a wasting asset. You can't get it back. When it's gone, it's gone. So how do I, I know how to plan for money because I see it. I see it on the screen. I can see what's up, but how do I plan for time? And that's the, that's the, that, that's the tough thing for people. Um, you know, what, one other point, and this is a real, you know, something that you've, uh, you've touched on also is, there is a fear among people that they're going to have more life at the end of the dollar. They're not going to have, they're going to run out of money. Right, right. And because of that, if they don't have a plan that says you can sustain the spending rate, they invariably are going to have a lower lifestyle addressing the fear that they're going to run out of money. And at some point when the bell rings and it's time for them to leave, it's, oh, my God, I didn't realize it. I denied myself all these other things, and I've, I've got all this money, but what was it for? Yeah. <laughs> you and, know. And so it's, yeah, it's imperative to have a plan, to be updating that plan, to be looking at the cash flow, and also saying, you know, from a tiered approach, maybe in the earlier part of retirement, I can afford to spend more because I'm healthier and I can do things. And over time, if my health begins to fade, I'm not going to need as much. Sad thing is to think that you're going to open the floodgates at 75, you stroke out at 77, and it's what was I saving for? And those are the kinds of stories that we really want to, you know, impart to people that are possible, and we want to be able to prevent to an extent that we can. Wow, that's great advice. And, uh, I, I, you know... It, after this discussion today, it made me realize that um, 
you got to think about retirement and, and and getting this plan in motion years and years and years before you actually uh, decide to call it quits. Yeah, you do. And, and also understand that, you know, people have been sold on the concept that retirement is the end of something. And really, truly, it is the beginning of the next phase of your life. It is not necessarily the end of anything. You're not getting gold watch and just going away. Today, people's expectations are different than they were 30 years ago. Their longevity is is different. The, the, the quality of their health is different. And, you know, their expectations for what a great life are different also. But, you know, you've got to plan ahead. Again, not just for the money, but for the thing that you bought with the money, uh, which is time and the ability to do what you want to do. Uh, the, 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 the sort of metaphor we'd like to leave people with is, Money is a tool. And saying, I've got all these, you know, I got 16 hammers in my toolbox. (laughs) You know, nobody's going to be impressed. What they're really impressed with is what you've been able to build with those tools. And that's what a purposeful life is, okay? It is something that you've used these tools, these assets, this money to build a purposeful life for yourself maybe for charitable endeavors you're interested in and and maybe for other people where you can be relevant because you are uh, a change agent in the life of other people. You're the change agent in the life of other organizations. Great advice and a great conversation. That's Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management out of Buffalo, New York. The website, agoric.com, O-G-O, R-E-K.com. Check it out. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there, uh, right in line with the, the things we discussed today. Uh, and then, as always, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's an option. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We are back on Thursday And we are talking financial markets. See you on Thursday. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 